0: Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Okay, got to click all the buttons. Hi, everybody. Good to see you. Um I just want to say that I don't speak for a way, you know as a whole, and this is my story, and this is one glimpse of um, the experiences I've had both in and out of the program. And I invite you to take what you want and leave the rest. Uh, welcome to newcomers because we're so glad you're here. You are an integral part of our program, as it says in much of our literature. Um, in order not to bore myself, um, I'm going to use props and the alphabet, especially W's, to share my story today. Because I've been thinking about, in the especially in the last year, about um, about how wacky and wild W and W this last year has been. So I'm going to be using W's and M's because I they're good kind of things to keep me on track and also I just wrote out some stuff that I wanted to make to make sure I shared today. Um, I also wanted to say that in the last few weeks I have been so impressed and so touched by the shares that other people have have done with us in this in this meeting. I mean I just I just my heart pounds as I think of the artful and honest storytelling that has gone on. And my heart is pounding. I can feel it right now. Um, a compelling story draws us and helps us stay tuned. And you know, I've done a lot of speaking in my career, and uh, and I've and I've actually talked to people about the how, how to tell stories. And the thing that I think is so amazing is that you get hooked right? We all get hooked, not to be compulsive about it, but we get hooked when somebody sells, tells an authentic and uh, story. So I I hope to do so today to keep you interested and to keep you listening. I want to say something about myths that we create about ourselves. There are writers that talk about how we, um, and I've been watching these Korean and Chinese TV series and fantasies, and you know, people have stories about themselves, and that's what happens when we're In recovery, we go back and we look at these myths and we look at these stories that we've told about ourselves and how much are they on target and how much do we need to look at them and think about them. And facts are not feelings, uh, which I've heard so much. So what I'm going to start out with is to just share some seminal events that have happened in my life, and I'll try to keep to the facts, but. But I have to say in my suffering, these events created the environment for my compulsive obsessive obsessive behaviors to try to attain some control over very, very difficult um, and challenging times. Um, My parents, you know, I came from parents who lived very difficult childhoods, you know, death and suicide of parents at early ages. My mother was a Holocaust survivor. I developed type 1 diabetes, it's 57 years this month, 57 years ago, at the age of 14. Um, Food in my life and with my parents, food demonstrated love. And for me, it was a way to stop low blood sugars. So the use of food is early, early, early in my life. My 27-year-old brother uh, drowned in July of 1980 when I was 29 years old. And that event took me into a hell, into Dante's Inferno of a feeling that I I, I had control over nothing. I mean, it seemed like an illusion that I had had control over my diabetes and my emotions. And that's when my, this is a fact, that's when my absolute horrific binging began. Uh, Two years later, my mother, who was 55 at the time, was diagnosed with terminal brain cancer, and she died in November 1983. And what brought me out to California was that my dad had developed heart disease. We knew it. Um, But in January of 1999, he uh, fractured his uh, vertebrae, and he never recovered from that, and he had a heart attack and they did a stint and he did not survive, so he died in February of 1999. So coming to now, you know, in this last year in the wild and wacky and the W's and the M's, um, as many of you know, my 70th year has been wild and wacky. That's the only way I can describe it, you know. so, the terminologies we talk about for ups and downs, you know, rocking and rolling. I broke my tibia in October of last year, and my blood pressures w- were crazy. Up and down, I broke my right hip while visiting friends in Wisconsin in June, ended up in the hospital and then in a rehab facility in Wisconsin. Good and bad, had to stay in the hospital there for 10 days, rehab facility for two weeks. So I'm gonna talk about the W's and M's as I've already said, and um, I gotta look for my props. And of course I can't find my one prop that I had ready. So, you know, when you're 71, you've gotta be a queen for at least a day. So this was given to me last year and it says woohoo. And if you turn it around, it could be an M and it'd say moohoo. Something like that. So, um, and as for those of you who remember, in the fifties and sixties, there was a program called Queen for a Day. So I'm just going to show up today as a queen for a day. Uh, so in storytelling, in in like to getting to the root of issues, we talk about five five Ws: the who, what, where and how of things. And so the first W I'm going to talk about is welcome. Thank God for this program. Thank God that we each welcome each other. um, And I get to see all of you guys. When I was in the hospital, I got to see you while I was lying down, while I was sitting in the bed, when I was on a couch and I was in pain and I was having a hard time and you guys just welcomed me and took me in and listen to me, and that's how it was when it began, when I came in over 30 years ago, and that's how it continues to be. Miracles. So the M that has to do that is a miracle. The miracle of food, of of eating abstinently, of being abstinent, of thinking abstinently. Um, I had no choice when I was in the hospital, Um, but I knew down deep in my heart that I needed to be abstinent. I needed to be abstinent to get better. I needed to be abstinent because I didn't have a choice. Because after 30 years plus years, I could easily go out again if I used food self-destructively. The other thing I want to say about welcome is that there are no requirements. You know, I don't have to be in tip-top shape. I don't even have to wear purple, though you know, guys know I love purple. Um, I don't have to be upbeat. But I can be inspired by people's grace and hope. Um, And then how it works. And somebody, we were reading the how it works this morning, and I thought of another W weakness. You know, how do we get here? We get here because we read literature like page 58, which we just read, which lays out what we need to do in working the steps. And it's about our weakness. Our weakness brings us here, as it says. And then we walk the walk and we talk the talk. And we are more than ourselves. You know, what a gift. We are. We we have something outside ourselves that brings us into a consciousness and a spirit that um, it says in the big book, you know, this is the how and why of it. If we didn't have this, we would be out there using or being compulsive obsessive. And that certainly was my nature in trying to control the depression in my house, household and the um, my crazy times with having diabetes. Uh, work in the steps, that's another W um, with someone other than in my head. Uh, so this is the group conscience, this is the spirit. This is the collection of us working together. And along with the working the steps is messages throughout the literature. Uh, you know can't we can't keep it unless we share the program and we give it away. Wise counsel, and help with decision-making. That's my next one. Um, Not doing all of this alone. My God, my God, you know, not that we have to believe in a God or some power outside of ourselves. I told people what was going on. People flew in. My brother came the day after and stayed with me until I was placed in a rehab facility. And we have not had an easy relationship. But he said, do you want me to come? And I said, yes. And he sat through all of that craziness in the hospital of me trying every single day to have some management. I won't even say control over the circumstances. He witnessed, he said to me, I I don't know how you do this. And I'm realizing that you've been doing this since you were 14. And every day, thank you. Every day I needed to figure out what to do, how to do it, who to call. And every day I had to be on the phone in, while I was in excruciating pain. And people showed up. The local people I've known for many, many years, my friend who I came to visit who has terminal ALS came, came to be with me. Um, people flew, they drove in, they called, they texted, they emailed on a regular basis and many of them were you folks. Uh, Managing is able. That's the M. Definitely not able to control so much. They didn't bring food on time. I have a regimen where I'm supposed to take my certain blood, blood pressure meds and thyroid meds, wait a half hour, take my Forteo injection for osteoarthritis, and then wait a half hour and eat. Meals never came on time. People never gave me my medications on time. You know, I have funny pictures I posted because one was of a me, you know, biting a brown sugar packet because that's all they brought me for a meal because they knew I said I was diabetic and then I don't know how they thought a brown sugar packet was gonna be appropriate, but um, everything was unpredictable. I mean, many things were unpredict- unpredictable. W, will, wisdom gained from past experiences. Boy, I had a lot of practice with this stuff. You know, I used to pass out as a kid, I ended up in hospitals, um, supplies, medication, difficult customer service people, wrong deliveries, Uh, wisdom gained from past experiences, I had to breathe. I had to breathe, be present, be in the experience, and then change my tenor on the phone with people. Even though I was pissed off, I had to be kind. And this is what program teaches us is we get, we get very little, you know, from being nasty and from being angry. And the counterpoint to wisdom gained from past experiences was movement, literally movement, emotional, spiritual, and physical, you know, OTPT exercises that I had learned from when I broke my tibia of how to get up and downstairs, remote tibia and remote (laughs) psychic healing sessions with two friends I'm very, very close to that helped me in ways I could never have imagined. I mean, the OTPT people were saying, what did you do this weekend? I, and I told them I was going to have this session, the session with friends. And they said, well, tell them this just, I mean, it totally changed my mindset and my physical well-being. Um, and it reduced my pain. When and when not to. The daily 10th step, you know, we talked about, this is the month for the 10th step. You know, wait, make friends and be friends with people who I can rely on. Try to maintain a sense of humor and to be laughing at the level of absurdity, the level of absurdity. On a daily basis, they were rehabbing this place, completely rehabbing it. Um, And there would be trash bin dumping at uh, five, starting at five in the morning, just under my window. They have assisted living and dementia folks in, this, in the place where I was rehabbing. The person on, above me probably had sunset, um, sunset experiences where they would be moving furniture starting at 10 at night. Uh, and the nurses would come in to check on me at 11 at night when I was just falling asleep. Uh, meditation and prayer. I do a daily practice, and sometimes more, and sometimes less. I prayed for the grace, faith, and hope that I would get better. And note, um, I've had and received much more grace and kindness when I ask questions and develop daily relationships with the people in the hospital. Wonky and wonky and worry are my my W's. And uh, you know, um, my physician, my uh, orthopedist here, said. You know, your tibia is, I mean, your your hip bone is totally healed, but it's wonky. And I just, that's a good word wonky because my life and this year were really wonky. And, but it functions, you know, it has bulges, it looks weird, but it functions. Um, mellifluous. I love that word, mellifilis. Uh, You know, being of a sweet nature. Being um, having a sweetness of my soul and showing um, showing my curves, showing my curves I have curves. There's a sweetness and a love for my body despite all this stuff that I, um, that I'm grateful for. So That's the thing 15. I was also Arby? me. That's 15. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So this, you know, this can also be M's, right? So the mountains, the jagged parts, they can be this way, W's, and they can be M's, and that's what I'm I'm in um, all of the time. I do want to mention, as many of us have said in this program, that wildlife and water, wildlife and water, bring me much, um, bring me much. And when I was in a wheelchair and when I was in a walker, people would take me out to this gazebo outside the facility where I was staying. And, you know, COVID and all this stuff has made it very difficult to, to be with other people. But the thing that refreshes me and brings me joy and relief and solace is being outside. And I was inside so much that when people would wheel, I mean, one friend who I've known for many, many years actually wheeled me in the wheelchair probably five blocks down to the lake. Um, And that was not an easy journey because it was in the 80s. But she was determined she was going to take me down to the water. And that was glorious so that I could watch birds, butterflies, and flowers. Um, Magic and solace is the M for that, Uh, for my soul. To be away for moments from all of the challenges inside those buildings and to feel a sense of relief. Artwork. Got a W in there. Um It's a meditative practice. It's fun to do with others. Um, people brought me and gave me pens, pencils, paints, drawing paper. And my friend with ALS has been having much harder time talking and but she's an artist just like I am. And so, the, with art pieces, the, the materials, I would start a drawing and I would give it to her. And then she would continue and she would give it back. And so every time she came to visit, we would do artwork together. Um, making stuff, um, making stuff along with artwork. Um, like I said, people sent, gifted me and what I could I could do, what I could do, and then I also used them to thank people in the facility and to give them little pieces that I had made, and they, you know, just by those actions, I mean, some people got upset with me because I asked for housekeeping. I didn't know the rules. You were supposed to have somebody come in once a week, but I was running out of towels, and she got upset with me, and I said, I'm sorry. I didn't realize, And um, and then I gave her little things and it made such a big difference. Um, And I wanna finish by talking about the wonder and awe of being alive. When I came in in 1987, I did not believe that I would be here today. It certainly was pronounced to me at the age of 14 that I would get complications, um, probably be blind i lose my kidneys, um, you know, I wouldn't make it. And I'm a living testimony that if you kick ass and you wear purple and you do your thing and you do it without using, uh, even though you're compulsive obsessive, uh, that you can hang around for the miracle. And uh, every day is a new beginning it's the you know every day is a new start and i anticipate that i will have problems or challenges or whatever but i show up and i do want to show you one of the pieces that one i minute just minute thank you one thank you. of the pieces that i just finished which is a bracelet i don't know that you can see it that well but you know i keep doing and making and the way that i end or think about each day is by crowning myself with flowers which a friend in program made me a very long time ago or no not that long ago probably within the last couple of years so thank you everybody I'm really happy to see you this morning and I passed